Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. On this day in 1994, Joey Buttafuoco was released after serving four months in jail for the statutory rape of teenager Amy Fisher. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of assault and statutory rape. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Kate Leonard from Dictators. Every week, her show delves into the minds and motives of history's most controversial world leaders. Kate is here to discuss the aftermath of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Thanks, Vanessa. Happy to be here. Now, let's go back to a New York County jail on March 23, 1994. Joey Buttafuoco wasn't supposed to be behind bars. At least, that's the story he told the press at first. And as he walked out of jail, he seemed to relish all the media attention. That's because, as the story was initially reported, Joey claimed to be the victim. Amy Fisher was framed as a violent, love-struck teenager while Joey tried to pass himself off as a passive participant in their relationship. But in reality, he'd knowingly committed statutory rape. Amy was 16. Joey was a middle-aged married man who Amy's lawyers would later allege also led her into sex work. Joey would later deny those claims. And while he was released after a few months, Amy Fisher continued to sit in a prison cell. Amy met 37-year-old Joey Buttafuoco as a teen when visiting an auto body shop with her dad. She said that Joey frequently complained about his wife, but nothing much ever came of these conversations until May 19, 1992, when Amy went to the Buttafuoco home with a loaded gun. Joey had reportedly already ended their relationship, and Amy later said she was there to tell Mary Jo, Joey's wife, about his disgusting behavior. But Mary Jo couldn't accept it. After a couple of minutes arguing in the doorway of their home, Amy claimed she hit Mary Jo over the head with her loaded gun, which went off in the process. Amy said it was not her intention, but the bullet struck Mary Jo's face. Amy fled the scene. Luckily, Mary Jo survived the attack and gave a description of her attacker to the police. Based on her account, authorities identified Amy Fisher and arrested her two days later. Afterward, Joey leapt into the spotlight. He told the world that Amy Fisher was an obsessed sex worker who'd targeted his wife in a jealous rage. The media ate the false narrative up. In no time, the myth of the Long Island Lolita was born. Coming up, the media pounces on a teenager. 
Hi, I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz. We're the hosts of Rituals, the new Spotify original from Parcast. If you've heard our podcast and that's what we drink, you know we are no strangers to true crime and the paranormal. We're also into the occult uh, to chat about, not to join, but, you know, to, to learn and educate. <laughs> Every Monday on Rituals, we're journeying through mystifying stories of sorcery, alchemy, Satanism, and more, and trying to determine if the dark arts of the past impact us today. Like weather witches? Who were they? Or the Fountain of Youth? Address, please. <laughs> Don't forget about werewolf trials, Em. Objection, Christine. Let's not give too much away. And instead, let's tell everyone to follow our new podcast, Rituals, free and only on Spotify. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Now back to the story. On March 23, 1994, Joey Buttafuoco was released from jail for the statutory rape of Amy Fisher. The teen had been mercilessly attacked by the tabloids, while Joey's crime against her appeared to be minimized. My guest host, Kate Leonard, is going to walk us through the story and exactly what the press got wrong. Thanks, Vanessa. According to the tabloids, the Long Island Lolita, as Amy was called, was a promiscuous sex worker who targeted older men. They claimed Amy was obsessed with Joey Buttafuoco. Joey initially lied to journalists and to authorities, telling them he'd rejected her alleged advances. And while this false narrative about the crime started to circulate, Amy sat in police custody for the attempted murder of Mary Jo Buttafuoco. At age 17, Amy couldn't afford her legal fees. Desperate to cover the costs and quiet the media frenzy, her lawyers came up with a plan. They would sell her story to film studios and book publishers. Out of options, Fisher and her family signed on to the scheme. With the money from TV appearances and a book deal, the teen was able to pay her $2 million bail. When her trial finally came, Amy pleaded guilty to reckless assault and was sentenced to seven years behind bars. Notably, she requested to go to prison early because she was so distraught from the media attention. Joey, on the other hand, seemed to love it. Prosecutors hadn't initially had evidence to charge him with statutory rape, but as he continued his media tour, some acquaintances grew frustrated by his lies. Joey had bragged about the sex he was having with 16-year-old Amy. He hadn't spurned the teenager at all. And eventually, Joey admitted to the affair under oath. He was sentenced to six months in jail for statutory rape, but was released after only four. Fisher remained in prison for seven years. Even now, the story continues to dog the lives of Amy, Joey, and Mary Jo. All three still make media appearances, perhaps because they struggle to find work otherwise. The Buttafugos divorced in 2003. Mary Jo has forgiven Amy and has called Joey a sociopath. But nothing can erase the deep trauma that Amy and Mary Jo had to endure. 
Amy can never change her past. Hopefully, her false reputation as the Long Island Lolita will fade with time. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Kate, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Dictators, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John McDonough, with writing assistance by Amber Hurley and Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Lori Siegel. Today in True Crime stars Kate Leonard and Vanessa Richardson. Werewolves, witches, and Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh my! Sounds like fascinating topics to discuss on our new show, Rituals, Christine. You know what, Em? It sure does. Every Monday on Rituals, join us as we explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, this is the perfect pairing for you. And if you haven't, go give us a try. Follow our Spotify original from Parcast, Rituals. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.